if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do this morning, join me in Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll have a spelling test later to see who can spell Deuteronomy. I'm thankful for spell check in my notes because I can't spell it, and I went to seminary and I can't spell it. So we're going to take a look. We're going to take a look at a really familiar passage. And, and let, me, let me say this. I always, I always say that, and that may not be true. This may not be a familiar passage for everybody, and, and that's okay. So if that's your case this morning, we want to introduce you to a very important passage in Deuteronomy 6 that's just full of instruction, and for us, especially today, dads, this passage that we're going to look at is just packed full of stuff for us as fathers. And, and I'm going to tell you up front, uh, Joe did a great job and covered a whole lot of passages about Father's and Father's Day this morning, which was awesome because then I didn't have to worry about those because there's so many passages about being fathers and what does it mean and how do you lead your home and and the the bible is just full of instructions for us and i am so very glad because i need a manual i need a book i need instructions to do what god's given me the blessing to do and and i'm miserable at it my children are 27 and 23, and I still, as a dad, don't always do as I should as their leader, as their father. And we've just, we've got such an awesome, we have such an awesome responsibility. And we celebrated mothers a few weeks ago, and today we're celebrating fathers, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to put one above the other, and I'll share something with you about that in a, mo in a moment. Um, but us as moms and dads, together, we have an awesome responsibility. And if you get truthful with yourself, because I have to do this, it's way more than we're able to do. It is way more than we're able to do. And praise God that we have God with us to do what he's given us the blessing to do and the instructions to do. Because without him, there's no way, no way that we could do what he's instructed us to do and given us that gift to do. So as we start, dads, happy Father's Day. We're celebrating you today, and I get to include me in that because, again, God blessed me 27 years ago with our first and it was a life-changing moment then, and it's been life-changing every day since. But thank God for, uh, for our babies. And so a few questions, because what I want to do this morning as we look is the, at these instructions, and, and again, we're, we're talking specifically to dads this morning, but again, we're, we're in this together and so this, this is for us as, as families, but dads, we carry, we carry the burden in some of this. But the question, because I want to keep it light and I want to keep it encouraging because, again, the word is so full of instructions, dads, we could get also on the flip side, we could get beat down 
because of all the, the all the instructions that come at us. So we're going to keep this a little bit on the light side this morning. But the question is, what is Father's Day? What is Father's Day? It's just like Mother's Day, except you don't have to spend as much. Right? Don't have to spend as much. And so, yeah. And I used Google because I love, I love Google because it's so full of information. And like I always share with you guys, if you find it on Google, you know it has to be right. I mean, it, it's 100% accurate. So I asked Google to tell me about the top 20, 25 holidays that are celebrated in the United States. Because I, I thought we need to know this. Number one, and, and this won't be any surprise to anybody, number one is Christmas. We celebrate Christmas, and we do that well. Number two, Mother's Day. So get that, Jesus and your mama. I mean, that's, that's the, the designed, I think, and designated order. But now catch this, Father's Day falls to number 20. Father's Day is number 20. <laughs> what are the other 17? We're not going to read them all, but I'm glad you asked that question. Halloween is number six. So you got Jesus, mamas, ghosts, and dads. Okay? And it gets better. Arbor Day is number 13. Jesus, mamas, ghosts, trees, dads. And then one more that I want to point out. Grandparents' Day is number 19. So we've got Jesus, mamas, ghost, trees, grandparents, and then dads. We're, we're, we're down here, guys, but we're up here anyway. Um, yeah, believe that, gentlemen. Yeah, go away with that today. Yeah, sure. We got the big shoulder. That's right. It's yeah, the totem pole, right? Yeah, we're carrying all the way. There we go. I like, I like that analogy. That's a good one. Um, and here's, here's, how it goes. here's how it goes with kids, okay? And, and I, I know this has happened. I've got a cable loose. I am so sorry about the sound there. Um, kids come to dads, and they say, I want to get mom something for Mother's Day. And what did we do as dads? We handed them a wad of cash, or we handed them our debit card, and we said, okay, here, Go get something really nice for your mom. Right, dads? That's what we do. Other way around. Mom, I want to get something for dad for Father's Day. Okay, we'll go get some change out of my cup in the car, and I'll take you to Dollar General. Right? Isn't that how that kind of goes? Dads are with me on this. But anyway, that's, that's enough. Uh, that's enough really bad humor. Again, again, dad, dad jokes, bad jokes, they all, they all go together for Father's Day. But again, we have so much to celebrate, and, and God is so good, and God gives us so many things for us as fathers to follow and to hold on to and to understand from Him how we are to lead our families. And so let's dig into that because, you know, I, I'm sure some of you in here, your minds are, are wondering because, you know, how do you describe dad? Remember on Mother's Day, we described moms and we came up with all kinds of great words. 
the you know hero and and things like that and i know for some of us that's a description for our dad but i know for some of us too that's not the description of dad there's you know there's we, some of us know love and strength um some of us may be gruff and disciplining but there's caring maybe there was some distance um home our hero but maybe gone there's all kinds of things that we think about when it comes to to father's day and the reality is for all of us we all may not have the same memories of dad here on earth we may not have the same memories of dad but there's one thing that's so true that we can all hold on to and that is that we have a loving father all of us have a loving father and that loving father has given us again i've said this now a hundred times so many instructions on how to be the same as him and that's for us is the encouragement because he wants us to be like him and he's given us the guideline on how we can do that so men dads dads to be the responsibility that we've been given even though some of them were good this morning and some of them were really bad but it, it's it's no joke the responsibility that we've been given but a better way to look at it as as dads as fathers we've been given an incredible <clears throat> an incredible mission to carry out in our homes and it's it's an awesome responsibility not a burden it's an awesome responsibility that that we get to do these things so let's let's go to the word deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 6 and we're going to read together verses 4 through 9 and again maybe for some of you this is the first time that that you've heard uh, you've heard these words but let's take a look and then we're going to we're going to talk about who these words came from why he wrote them and what they what they mean to us starting in verse 4 listen o israel the lord is our god the lord alone and you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all and all your strength and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that i'm giving you today verse 7 repeat them again and again to your children talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road when you're going to bed and when you are getting up tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates and we'll we'll stop right there at uh, verse 9 and, and really dig into what these words what these written instructions from Moses from the Lord through Moses what what they mean to us and we've we've really got to uh, we've really got to to dig in and to focus on what he was intending in the text so that we can see how it applies to us today because these words were recorded uh, somewhere around 1400 BC so they're 3,400 years old at least, 3,400-year-old instructions, you know, and sometimes we think, 
well, if stuff that old, does it even apply anymore? Yeah, it, it applies big time to us today. But he wrote this. He wrote this as the next generation of Israelites was standing and looking at what we know, what was called the promised land. The next generation was there and ready to take possession of what God had promised them because they are the children of what is known as the faithless generation, the ones that didn't believe, that didn't trust, that God let wander in the desert for 40 years. And I know we're getting a lot of history here, but he let them wander till that generation was gone so that their children could take the land and take the promise. And here's, you know, here, here's a truth for us because as Moses is writing this, if you, if you study the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now we're in Deuteronomy, we're in the fifth book of what's called the Torah, there's a lot of repetition. You, if you read it and spend time digging into it, you would think, honestly, in, in our terms and the way our minds work, you would think Moses is crazy because he keeps writing the same thing over and over and over, and he keeps giving the same instruction over and over and over, and there's a reason for this. Think about for all of us the memories that we have, memories of things, things in the past, things that keep reminding us of something. We, we have a memory. We'll look at a picture. Um, we'll, a class reunion will come up, and, and I don't even count those anymore. Old songs will come by or come on the radio. We'll drive through an old neighborhood. There's, there's so many things that as we go around and we run into an old friend and it sparks something in our mind and it makes us remember something from the past and it, it wakes something up in us. And that's, for Moses, that's the intent as, as these things are recorded over and over. He wants to keep in, in the memories of the people and now this next generation, he wants to keep in front of them the promises that God made, the victories that they had even the failures and some of the embarrassments that happened along the way that maybe they want to forget. But there's always, there's always lessons in those things. And as time goes by, memories will fade and things will spark. But Moses, as he's recording these, he's wanting them to remember, wanting them to remember everything so that the mistakes that were made hopefully wouldn't be repeated you know and for us there's a there's a whole lesson in that right there that when those some of those memories do come back that we would see something and and you know maybe it makes us cringe just a little bit but it also can lead us going forward so that we're not we're not reliving where we have been but there's also a good side to that too because as he's reminding them and as things remind us we also like for for these people there's those commitments that come back to memory and there, there's something that we were like yeah i remember and it gives us that, that fuel to go forward. It's, it's kind of a charge for us to go forward. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's a push. 
into action. And that's what Moses is wanting to do for Israel. Give them those reminders. Give them that push forward and, and even re-engage them with, with the treaty of sorts, the covenant that their forefathers had made with God that he had promised them what would be ahead and so that they would remember those promises that God had made them also. And the lesson is clear for us as well. Because of what God has done, just like the people then for us, because of what God has done, they, we, should have hope and be encouraged and ready to follow him. Because of what he expects, they, we, should obey. And because of who he is, it should rekindle in us those, those memories. And, and just like for them, how complete his love is. And the call is for, for some of them, a new commitment, but for most of them, a renewed commitment to God that the mistakes don't stop anything and the mistakes don't get in the way. And there's a call to live with integrity and commitment to what God has shown them and promised them. So there's, there's a whole bunch of lead-in now to get us back into the verses to really look at some of the meaning of some of these words and our, our takeaway and our encouragement. Back to, to verse 4. And, and again, if you've still got your Bibles open, let's just walk right through these because there's so much packed in there for us dads. Hear, hear these instructions and hear promises in these instructions as we look at them as, as dads and encouragement, remembering that our Father loves us and our Father wants the best for us and our Father is giving us the perfect example. But he, he starts that in verse 4. Um, Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God... Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And guys, that's our commitment to God alone. And there's so many things that we put in his way and we put in front of them. But we've got to remember as dads, as leaders, as men, there is one God, one God that we follow everything else that we put in the way they're they're competing with him for what he wants in our life that number one spot they're competing with the values that he teaches us and they're comp it's a competing agenda when we've put other gods in front of God, we're taking time away from the Lord alone, and it's competing in our lives, and it's, it causes us chaos, and it gets us distracted. We need to focus. <clears throat> we need to focus on the Lord alone, and Dad's a question for us, and sometimes this is a hard question to answer and a painful question to answer, but what do our families see and hear from us when it comes to who we worship and who we follow. Do they see God alone? So that's, that's our, our first challenge and our first connection as, as fathers. What, what do they see when they look at us? Not that they're going to see 
God because we are not him, but do they see a man focused on and following God alone? Moving forward, verse 5, and these, these words are not just words of Moses. This is what Jesus in Matthew chapter 22 calls the, great, the greatest commandment. If you go back to, uh, to verse 5, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Jesus in Matthew 22 adds the word mind to that. We are to love God completely. And then Jesus even brings Leviticus 19 in there and says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And there's nothing else. There's nothing else encompassed in what Jesus is telling us to do except to give all of ourselves to God and treat everybody else like he's treated us. That's the instruction, clear. Love God first, and then love everyone else like he loves us. And I, to me, that just that seems pretty important. So guys, fathers, our families, do they see... Do they see our love for the Lord and do they know our love for them? And do they know our love for others? Do they question where we stand in, in our relationship again with God alone, the Lord our God? And do they know that because of the love that he has given us, we're sending that out. We're extending that same love because starting in our homes... We want our families, we want our children to know that we know that God loves us and we want them to know that God loves them as well. It's a big challenge. It's a big challenge, but it's a reality for us as fathers. What our number one desire and heart should be <clears throat> is for our family and for others to know that God is that important to us, that he is the only one that we turn to when it comes to the struggles, decisions, desires of life. God alone. And then verses 7 through 9, I, I love these verses because it's, it, 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 gives us, it, it, it just gives us keys to how important all of this is for us. And we're going to go back and read it again, verse 7. Repeat them, and this is repeating the love of God, the instruction of God, our desire to follow God first. Repeat them again and again to your children. Guys, they've got to hear it from us. They've got to hear it from us. It's not, it, it's not all about, and, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing because we bring, we, Karen and I did this for years, we bring our children to church so that others can pour into them as well. That is so very important because there's community and there's, there's other things that, that come and play with that, and we want our children to, to experience that as well. But guys, it, it starts with us. Our kids need to hear, our wives need to hear from our mouths how much we love God, how important God is to us, and why. They should know without a doubt from us first because of the things that we say. We talk about them, back to verse 7. 
We talk about them when we're at home. We talk about them when we're on the road. We talk about them when we're going to bed, and we talk about them when we get up. If you think about that, what does that mean? That means it's all the time. It, it's constant. God, our Father, our Lord, that He is part of our conversation. He is part of our lives, and there's no doubt where we stand in our relationship and in our heart relationship with them and then more instructions tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders we might look funny but i think there's i think that's pretty good if you know you used to tie a ring or a string around your finger to help you remember something if you know guys if that's what we need man tie a string around your finger write a verse maybe maybe don't print it on your forehead unless you just want to but you know uh, something in from the word that, that's your reminder. Put it in your pocket. And when you're having those moments, pull that out. Get that reminder from the word of who God is to you and where he ranks in your life. And we need those reminders in life sometimes because life is going a thousand miles an hour and we get distracted and we miss we miss him at work right in front of us. And those little reminders are okay. Use, use those reminders. And if you want to put it on your forehead, go for it. Write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. The importance for us for that, guys, is that our house is a house of the Lord. His instructions, his love, he reigns in our home. And there's no doubt for our kids, for our family, for our friends, whoever it is that comes to our front porch, there's no doubt that we love God, we're following God, and he is that important to us. And we have to communicate that to the world. Because if we don't, all the other noise is getting in the way. And all the noise that we allow to distract us and pull us away. Again, back to earlier things, those, those other gods that we put in front of God communicate so much to the world around us. And our heart should be for the world to see and to know that our God is our Lord alone. And so guys, men, fathers, what if... What if our walk with the Lord was actually life-oriented instead of information-oriented? And I, for me, the, the takeaway, the, the walk away, the what do, what do I want you to know is, as we leave this morning and, and as Garrett comes and we're, we're going to worship together again, is that our lives... Everything about us is a reflection of God alone. It's, it's who we are. It's not motions that we go through every once in a while, or it's not just some information that we can spout off every once in a while, but our lives are truly a reflection of God and God alone so that the world around us has no doubt, no doubt about where we stand 
and no doubt about how important he is to us because of his love for us and our love for him and our love for others. So guys, there's, there's our takeaway today is that people would know that we are all about God in our lives, in our homes, in our conversations, in our hearts, and we want our kids and our families to know. We want them to know who God is, and we want them to know who God is to us as well. So let's pray together this morning. And then we will, uh, we will worship together again. Father, we do this morning, uh, God, there's, there's so many things, so many instructions, so many challenges that you give, you give to all of us, especially, especially to us as fathers. And God, I, I pray for all of us first as dads that our heart could be yours so the world around us starting in our home would know that we love you because you love us and God that we accept we accept your challenge to lead our homes and we accept your challenge to teach our children. And then, God, for all of us, that that would be the case. That we would want the world to know that we're yours. So, God, as we worship you this morning, if there's something that we need to, to give up and and let go of that's, that's standing in your place. Father, I pray that we would, we would be bold enough this morning to do that. Just simply to let go so that you could do whatever that you need to do. And God, I pray that for each of us this morning, we, just, we simply say yes, however you're calling us. Father, you lead, we'll follow. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.